Welcome new listeners and welcome back legendary listeners to part two of our bone-chilling journey into the depths of terror. Brace yourselves, dear listeners, for what lies ahead, delving deeper into the realms of darkness, madness, and weaving a web of horror that ensnares the mind and tightens a grasp over it with every heartbeat. In our previous episode, we were introduced to the unsettling presence of creepy purple man with ominous horrors skirting fringes of our protagonist's consciousness, hinting at an ancient malevolence lurking just beyond the veil of perception. But as our story unfolds, we find ourselves thrust even further into the abyss, where the threads of reality unravel to reveal something far more sinister than we could ever imagine. Amidst the shadows and whispers, a figure emerges, her allure is intoxicating. Narkisa, the embodiment of seduction and passion, beckons with a beauty that masks a possible darkness beyond comprehension. Or is it just the unknown? As the mysteries of Vicksburg begin to unravel, so too do the secrets of the eldritch gods they serve, the entities whose hunger knows no bounds and whose influence stretches across dimensions beyond our wildest imagination. With each passing moment, the boundaries between nightmare and reality blur, leaving us to question our protagonist's sanity and his very existence in the face of such unfathomable horror. So join me now as we venture deeper into the darkness where the only certainty is the chilling embrace of the unknown. Welcome to part two of our tale, Vicksburg, where fear reigns supreme and the shadows hold secrets and maybe even a cup of El Grey tea. Enjoy, legend. Chapter 3 I let my curiosity about the dating game compel me to consider attending it. I did not expect much to come from it, but it should be fun. Besides, I could learn more about this town's history and potentially gather some information pertaining to Walter's disappearance. The meetup was in a large auditorium wherein several of Vicksburg's populace were present. My curiosity slowly subsided when I noticed how Every resident was draped in brown cloaks obscuring their pale, hairless bodies save for their hands. Their eyes were downcast and, much like the employee at the hotel prior, they moved in a drunken stupor, with their legs knocking and wobbling about, reminding me of one of those trapeze walks at the circus. It did not help that the lights were faint, making me bump into things. The raspy graph drones of the residents reverberated through the rooms, sounding pained and congested the further they lumbered along. They did not pay much attention to me when I first entered the establishment, making me wonder why the man running the service desk was so insistent on me attending. The building was also unbelievably cool, but that was to be expected from the town's ruined state. Rationally, I considered leaving then and there, but I ended up going along with the dating game. I sat at a table when the first option reared up. It was a rather short woman who leered at me with those same unblinking eyes of cold. I giggled nervously in an attempt to break the ice. <laughs> so, uh, what are you interested in? She opened her mouth, letting a low groan leave her lips. Ooze dripped 
from her lips. Okay, could I ask you a question? The pale woman was too invested in a huge, hairy cockroach scuttering across the table. Before my eyes, she grabbed it with her open palm and took a huge chomp out of the insect. Her canines ripped clean through the bug, her lips parting as she stretched the roach between her teeth, as if the roach was string cheese. Thanks for the introduction, huh? But uh, I have to respectfully decline. Next! Another woman sat down this time, being taller with a hint of moisture behind her eyes. I was wondering if you know of a man named Walter Bean? He went missing in your town weeks ago. The woman leaned in, grinning. A mysterious fluid gushed from her lips when a huge smile spread across her face. Her eyeless sockets bore holes in my body. Her body trembled with pangs of hunger. He is here with us. All are one within our God. God? What are you? Before I could probe her any further, the woman lunged at me and pinned me to the ground. Her jaws unhinged and I peered into the depths of her mouth. Slimy drool dangled from the ceiling down to the base of her tongue. In desperation, I tried retaliating, but the taller woman was stronger. Soon, you two will become part of our god. I closed my eyes, fully expecting her to bite me in the neck. However, a few solid seconds passed. I reopened my eyes, seeing that the woman reeled herself back and clutched her head. Can't hurt. A shrill voice crawled out from the bowels of her gut, making her upper body spasm. Oh, yes. No. Get out of my head. Her head bobbed back and forth, with her fingers tightening around her head. I became petrified. But now that she was distracted, I took the opportunity to knock her off. With one swift push, the woman fell to her side, still in an eternal battle with herself. A mob of Vicksburg residents staggered forward and dragged the woman away. Gasping on the floor, I slowly collected myself. Coming here was a mistake. I was only here because of a business trip, so it was in my best interest to pursue it. Maybe once I get that done. I could leave this godforsaken town in the dust. Oh my, that was quite the experience, wasn't it? My eyes leered. A young woman. What a sight she was. Blue eyes. A flawlessly silky skin complexion. A low-cut red dress and ample buxom. And the dark blonde bobcat with matching piercings. She strolled over to me and knelt at my eye level. Welcome to Vicksburg, sweetheart. She extended a hand to me and, with little consideration for my own safety, I took her hand. Her palm was warm and cozy to the touch. There was something about her that seemed soothing. We haven't had that many visitors to this town in a while. Pray tell, why are you here? My mind became a total blur. I, um... I came here for business. Yeah, that's it. The woman laughed to herself, dimples formed at the corners of her mouth, only accentuating her wholesomeness. I got up from the ground, my eyes wandering back 
to the strange woman. You seem normal. Normal? Well, I certainly hope so, darling. It's just that the other residents here are somewhat peculiar. Ah, that was my reaction too when I first moved here. She looked me over, her smile widening. My name is Nakisa Whitwee. Judging by your appearance, you must be the one who was invited to Vicksburg. Yes, my boss had connections in this town and had me come as a representative. Funnily enough, I never met him in person. Nakisa nodded. My god, I fell further ensnared by this mysterious, mystery woman. If I had to wager why that was, it was definitely her voice. Herod lipstick popped like precious rubies. Her plump, luscious lips were like hot butter with how flawlessly she spoke. I slowly forgot the horror of being nearly ingested by a psychotic woman. The more she talked, I felt myself falling deeper for her. You happen to be invited to attend this session? Why, yes, I thought it would be interesting. Vicksburg has this as a tradition. I was honestly getting bored out of my mind, my dear. But you made this more fun. I looked down and twiddled my thumbs. So, you are willing to try this date out? I would love that. We ended up talking for hours, far past the time limit. Nakisa was truly an interesting individual. She had an extensive knowledge of the town and other subject matter. I found myself further wowed by her effortless recounting of historical events, providing me with such an elaborate description. I was wondering if she witnessed any herself. She claimed to have her family back in some city and was intending on returning there after the business trip. That infectious laugh of hers was music to my ears. I shared some of my personal information with her explaining the extent of my job and my interests. I have to admit that my eyes had a mind of their own. I gazed at her cleavage any time she bent. She propped her head on her hand and lovingly stared at me. Come to think of it, there was something that I was curious about. Have you heard of a man named Walter Bean? Nakisa squinted her eyes shut. The name does ring a bell. Why do you ask? It's just that he's been missing for quite some time. Huh. Perhaps he left the town and just neglected to inform anyone? I shrugged. I suppose so. Sorry to spring something that deep on you. It's quite alright. After all, I'm sure you heard of the rumors permeating the town. I nodded. Yeah, a private investigator told me of them. Nakisa frowned. It's just so terrible, isn't it? That a loving wife and mother would sacrifice her own family for eternal youth. Yeah, but it's a story. We shouldn't fret over some myth. A smile cancelled out her frown. You're right. Shall we take this discussion elsewhere? Chapter 4 as my time in Vicksburg progressed, I met up with Nakisa more and more. Her cutesy yet mature, witty personality was her signature charm. She filled me in on the origins of the myth again with such vividness, it was like she was there. She expanded on Jackie's relaying of information explaining how, according to the ancient cults, there were once several inhuman otherworldly gods that made the earth into a festering cesspool 
and were worshipped by the cultists until the day the primal threats were stilled away in ancient tombs left to rot. That is, till the day they will all rise and treat mankind as an insignificant bug. As you know, there was once a woman who was afraid of death, so she called on the gods to preserve her youth and gain eternal life. She wandered down into the depth of the earth to beseech an old one, and the god she sought out was none other than the pale beast, the god of the labyrinth, Ihot. But as with anything, there was a price to be paid. I quietly listened. Who could have fathomed that there were so many hidden societies dedicated to worshipping these unknowable eldritch beings and for what cause? Are they obsessed with bringing out the apocalypse and practice their perverse religions to summon them? What ancient books did they have in their possession? And you say that this woman found an undead cultist who gave her secrets to communing with Ihort? What did she have to do? reprehensible acts that went against natural law and would damn her very soul to the darkest pits of hell. She knew the secrets of where the gods old lay dead and where they would once more trick. She uncovered the truth behind our known reality and peeked her eyes into infinity. With the assistance of that pale beast, she could even travel dimensions without the need of ever leaving home. Life itself was an illusion a cheap replica of what eternity felt like. My heart sank into the depths of my body. Cults? An ancient primal god? My mind connected the dots back to when I first took part in the dating game. All the citizens of Vicksburg wore cloaks, something that I should have correlated long ago. That woman insisting that Walter and the others were all one in the god she worshipped. I had become ensnared in a tangle of webs. Screw everything. I had to get out. Nakisa stared at me with her blue eyes reflecting her concern. What's wrong, darling? I just feel a little flushed. You don't have to lie to me. I can sense how uneasy you are about the cults I mentioned. But don't worry. There is nothing to be concerned about. I am sure you noticed that the townspeople wear those garments. It is not what you think. Then, why do they wear them? It is rather simple. The people of Vicksburg have a weakness for sunlight. Tell me, have you ever seen any of them walking about during the day? I thought back to my previous encounter with the townspeople. Truth be told, they were able to freely shuffle around in the auditorium because of the artificial light. Even the hotel I resided in was dimly lit. Then, what about when that woman attacked me? She seemed conflicted about it. It was almost like two halves were fighting each other. Perhaps a temporary bout of madness? Nakisa casually explained. Besides, Vicksburg hardly has any outsiders visit their town. She was probably just overcome with astonishment. I did not say anything to further rebut her. I am unsure if I should stay here. Nakisa's eyes lowered in a crestfallen fashion. It nearly pained me to see her upset. Is that so? I have spent about two weeks here, and I was never able to find the people who wanted to do business with me. To be completely frank, I believe that it was all a ruse to make me look like a fool. 
The blonde woman paused and thought intensely of her next move. If that is the truth, then I may as well explain why I am really here. My curiosity peaked in that moment. What happened? To tell you the truth, my life back home isn't good. I have a husband who was a raging alcoholic, who would beat me unconscious every day he came back from work. If it wasn't me, he would go after our two kids. One day he beat me up so badly I... She paused, tears rolling down her cheeks. I was in the hospital for three months. After that, I somehow managed to escape his wrath and ran away from home. She covered her eyes with her hand and bitterly wept into them. Her breathing became staggered the more she let her raw emotions loose. I know I shouldn't have abandoned my kids with their father. It was a moment of weakness. I didn't know what to say at that instant. It was quite the bombshell I was handed. Without thinking heavily on it, I gently embraced her. She was startled at first, but she slowly melted into the hug, clasping my back. I'm so sorry to hear that. You shouldn't be. It's not your problem to deal with, she replied. I'm planning on leaving Vicksburg tomorrow. If it's fine with you, would you care to accompany me? Her eyes widened in surprise. Are you sure? I don't want to be a burden on you. No, you wouldn't bother me at all. It's the least I could do. Her smile poked through. It's a deal. Chapter 5 It was approaching night time when I returned to the hotel. I approached the counter and hit the bell. Sir, I'm informing you that I will be leaving first thing tomorrow. Much like the first time I arrived, the employer did not come. I tapped the dusty counter with my fingers in irritation. Sir, let's not do this again. I allowed some more time to pass, but the man still did not show up. Is that how you treat a customer? Ugh. Refusing to wait any longer, I climbed over the counter, nearly getting tangled in cobwebs. Ugh, yuck! How can anyone live in this kind of condition? From the way the lights were dimly flickering, I was forced to collect as much light into my eyes. As expected, the room was in total disrepair. Books were lying in piles beside the bookshelves, webs coated furniture and tickled my nose. I felt the urge to sneeze. The floorboards creaked and moaned under my weight. The further I went, the light diluted into beams. Sir, come out now, this is getting ridiculous. Finally. My eyes settled on a heap of clothes. He couldn't. Could he? The thought of the peculiar man parading around in his birthday suit was burned into my mind. A ruffling of the clothes knocked me out of my train of thought. I slowly advanced towards the clothes, with it becoming evident that the man evaporated. Before I could theorize what happened to him, dozens of small white objects erupted from the clothing and scuttered around like cockroaches dispersing when a light is turned on. What the? The millions of spidery, bloated beings crawled on the walls and up my clothes. In a panic, I scrambled over the counter, the wet squelches of crushed younglings making me squeamish. 
Debris rained down from the ceiling as a sudden earthquake surged. I could have sworn I heard something writhing in agony from the bowels of the earth. The foundation of the hotel shook incessantly and groaned with the death of each abomination, suggesting a possible link between the two. The stairs finally dissolved and exploded into splinters. I covered my head as best I could, but the monstrous arachnids kept pursuing. Squish, squish, squish. The wet, gooey bodies of the monsters popped under my feet like overripe grapes. I had the sinking feeling some of the residue getting between my toes. Eldritch ooze clung to the soles of my shoes, restricting my movement. Each time I tried to move, the runny, stringy substance came into contact with the floor and formed a strong adhesive. And those legs, so many legs, hundreds of thousands of marbles with an unnatural number of appendages crawled on my body. They creep their way up my pant legs with some slithering beneath the fabric. No matter how many times I tried to bat them off, these abominations latched onto my body. The hairs of my body rose on end from the impression that I was being licked by the millions of spiders. My skin felt violated from the endless probing and pinching. I grabbed my ankles and continued my mad attempt to free myself. A faint, weak murmur caught my attention. I darted my eyes back and forth in search of a scream of urgency, seeing no one until I directed my sight to a hideous event. The white, pulsating blobs with stalks for legs linked the innumerable limbs together in huge, grotesque lines and did the most harrowing of things any sensible man could anticipate. They started to move in a single motion, multiplying and expanding until something ghastly was taking form. The gunky pace on the soles of my shoes finally gave way. However, when combined with the invasive pests crawling all over me and making me squirm, I fell on my rear. The monsters kept feeding into the growing figure, much like a well-oiled machine. The beasts kept feeding themselves into each other. With all of the beasts working together, a human shape came to being. They moved in a swimming motion, shifting their icky legs to a side to mimic the gesture of limbs. The dread welled up in the pit of my stomach and crawled up my throat. The insidious spawn multiplied further, breaking apart and restructuring themselves until a vaguely humanoid shape took form. However, its skin became melty and ran like a lit wax candle. My eyes became bloodshot. It was the employee. Except now, it was clear to me that what I was speaking to in my entire stay in Vicksburg were millions of blotches who hardly could pass themselves off as human. The piercing assaulted my eardrums, calling to mind a nail scratching a chalkboard. The man, nay, the creature, moved about miserably dragging its upper body along the floor. Its mouth hung agape with a hazed wheeze spewing out. Almost every light movement brought unending suffering for it, it seemed. The humanoid anomaly held out its hand to me, gesturing in a hopeful fashion. It jerked itself closer to me, moaning and shuffling, just to stay in its form a bit longer. I became frozen temporarily horrified at the unholy display which violated the laws of nature that every being under the sun had to follow. 
The hotel continued to collapse around us, shaking me out of my terror. I slowly backed away from the monster, but it somehow sensed what I was intending to do and clawed its way towards me. It hissed at me, destroying the illusion it was desperately clinging to. Before it could strike, a plank fell from the collapsing ceiling and pinned it. It let out a high-pitched, hellish shriek. But there was no way I was going to humor it. I rushed to the door, the wet squelches of the broodlings I had killed, echoing. Chapter 6 I succeeded at escaping the hotel as it suffered its final death throes and went up in a heap of primeval dust. As it cleared, all that was left of the establishment was a pile of bricks and smoking debris. My mind was still wrapped around the surreality of the situation. The pale, hairless appearance of the man. All the residents of the town's bizarre skin complexions. How that woman fought herself when she was deciding whether to eat me or not. None of them were humans but arachnid. Hideous carbon copies that struggled to be approachable. I shook my head. Whatever the case, I had to leave Vicksburg. But not before taking Nakisa with me. After all, I could not live with myself if I knowingly abandoned someone in this wretched town. High-pitched screams filled the empty air alerting me. Crap! More of the neighbors are coming, obviously because they heard the collapse of the old building. Without much contemplation, I hid in the alleyway and bit my lower lip. Their gravely guttural voices were like waterlogged bodies with their constant squelching and damp noises. Cautiously, I peered from a corner of an abandoned store, seeing four cloaked Vicksburg citizens staggering on their legs. If only I could decipher what they were saying to each other, only for curiosity's sake. As they chatted, one of the hooded figures stopped and slipped his hood from his bald head. I heard what sounded like mandibles clanging on each other when I noticed he was getting closer. I backed further into the alleyway out of concern that he had seen me. The hissing reached its apex, with his long, spiderly fingers scraping the edge of the building. I shimmered down to get as close to the ground as I could. Even though it was nighttime, the creature's glare burned holes in the back of my head. He entered the alley, sliding his appendages in the dark void. We were so close, I smelled his pungent breath. Eventually, something else caught his attention and he left with his group. I wiped the sweat off my brow and sighed in relief. With them distracted, I could make my escape attempt. However, before I could continue the next phase of my plan, a feminine voice echoed through the streets. My eyes widened in shock. Nakisa? I peeped from behind the dilapidated wall and almost doubled over. Nakisa was captured by the Vicksburg anomalies with her distress. Her arms flailed around with a feeble hope of striking one of her threats. I had to do something, but what could I do? I rummaged through my mind for a solution, but Akisa's screams were making me anxious. Swallowing my pride, I sprinted towards the assembly and bawled my fist. I swung wildly in the air, smashing my knuckles over and over the gelatinous mass, which felt like I was punching raw meat. The more I railed against them, the Vicksburg anomalies gradually lost their corporeal forms and disintegrated, exploding into millions of skittering spiders. Nikita glared in absolute horror upon seeing these humanoid beings dissolve into pulsating, rampant marbles 
on thousands of stalks. What is this? There was no time to explain. I grabbed her wrist and urged her to move. Her warm, silky hand felt amazing to grope, but I threw that thought to the back of my mind. My heart galloped behind my chest. My breathing became taxing. My lungs wheezed and buckled beneath my ribcage. The sound of thousands of bony, fleshless legs scraping the ground reverberated on the streets. Everyone in this town, all those monstrosities linked together, mimicking the basic movements of the human body. Nagisa shared an equal look of dread. What should we do? She grasped my arm and squeezed up against it. Her soft breasts felt amazing around my wedged arm, driving me crazy. Her warm breath sent a chill down my spine. Even when she was being terrified, that statuesque glare of hers made her impeccable. We have to find a place to hide and wait for things to blow over. The blonde woman scratched her head. If we are looking for refuge, I know just the place. And this ends chapter 6, with chapter 7 just around the corner. And there you have it, dear listeners. With part two, the hair-raising conclusion of our spine-tingling saga will be unveiled next Monday. So mark your calendars and prepare for the ultimate descent into terror or escape. I must extend my sincerest gratitude to each and every one of you brave souls who have joined me on both tales, episode one and two, and I hope you're enjoying it. Your unwavering support and your willingness to confront the darkness with me and hopefully whilst nursing a cuppa is truly commendable. After all, facing Eldritch Horrors is so much more fun with friends, right? <laughs> now, you might notice an audio quality change here, and that is because I am using AI to auto-equalize my voice now. Yep. Enhance, enhance, enhance. How? Well, with the support of my patrons is how I've done it. And speaking of patrons, the legendary Elgrain Forcer Joseph Schroeder has upgraded his support to White Tea Warlord. And holy smokes am I grateful. In fact, Joseph, because of your support, I was able to purchase VIA and implement it in today's episode. Yep, dollary dues get fed straight into the show and immediately. So thank you immensely, mate, for your kind support. Whether it's one month or more, I assure you, your kindness is swiftly actioned and appreciated. Thanks again, Joseph. And VIA, mates, is artificial intelligence done right. It reads my voice and it sees me going through four or five steps of equalizer tweaking and whatnot that I would normally do. Thank you for saving me some time. And now, I want to thank my god-tier celestial tea-dwelling conjurer, my Odenite titan patreon, Matto Star. This legend has an unending kindness to him that is worthy of the moniker Godly. Your support as a patron and as my friend is second to none. I'm blown away by your constant support and never-ending kindness. Thanks to you, I'm also able to cover significant overhead costs, buy plugins, and even treat myself to a tea. That being my favorite brand, TWG. Thank you, man, for putting such a massive smile on my face and being irreplaceable. You're a legend, Matto, and thanks, mate. I hope your week is as wonderful as you are. And my two white tea warlords, first up, is a jaw-dropping, ever-fantastic, supremely lovely, and one who defines the words relentlessly loyal, is Leza Von Amazing, the white tea warlord that decimates armies of boredom in a half a sweep. That's right, not just one sweep, half a sweep. 
because Leslie represents value and efficiency. And if you know him like I do, this guy will do anything he sets his mind to in half the time with twice the quality. Leslie, I hope you're doing great, man. And thank you so much for your support. It's wonderful to know you. You're brilliant. And I'm not waiting till next month to thank you, Joseph. Oh, no, 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 no. Joseph, I've known you for a short time and I'm stoked to have your kindness. Thank you immensely for stepping up into the Warlord tier so quickly. You now ride alongside Leza, leading an army of Elgrain forces that are second to none. The town of Elgrainton will sleep easy with you at the helm, guarding the city gates. Mate, thank you so much and I really appreciate your support. Cheers to a new friendship. And my amazing Elgrain forces, the army that protects us against boredom, I'm lucky to have Chad Warren, Just Heather, Sunshine Days, Juicebox Andy, Peter Raffaelli, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fassig, Alia Arcane, Paige Kramer, Jane Gumnick, Michael Krupp, Jandy Prince, and Seductive Smiles. Cheers, you legends. Never forget how amazing you lovely people are. And to all my Patreons, thank you. If you want to support me directly, you can hop onto my Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash SFGT. And with as much as a cup of tea a month, you get access to each episode earlier, every Monday instead of every Friday. And of course, my eternal thank yous. The higher up you go, the more I'm going to do to make sure I can put the same smile you put on my face every month. Thank you so much, you legends. I appreciate you all. And to any of you lovies out there that are going to join up soon, thank you as well. Now pour your tea, make it nice, ensure your flavouring is precise. Like a story, let it flow. Let the fables and tales take you home. It's these stories that bring us together, and old audio that reminds us of how we've changed. Stay a while, have a listen, and as always, I hope to see you again. And fingers crossed I'll join you next Monday for the finale of Vicksburg. See you then.